Well, hello there. My name is Jan Burt, and this is my podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, where we talk about God's promises and the hope those promises bring to our everyday lives. Whenever I meet somebody new, I introduce myself as Jan Burt and say, like Burt and Ernie, since it's easy to confuse my last name with a different one. And almost always, people smile when they think of Burt and Ernie. That got me thinking. I'm a Burt, and I'm not an Ernie. But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Hence the name, The Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Well, hey there and hello to you today. So glad you're listening to the podcast. And today I'm excited to say that here we are. We're kicking off a new series on the show called Hot Topics. Maybe not exactly the kinds of things that we would normally consider hot topics per se, but the things that we're going to address are going to be some promises that we find in the Bible that can seem a little bit or a whole lot hard for us to believe in our very own everyday walking around personal lives. But these are promises that God has given us in his word. Whether they're hard to believe or not, he has given them and they're there for us. So we're going to address them. We're going to talk about the elephant in the room, and we're going to hit these things fast and furious. I'm excited to dig in and to stretch our faith as we choose, actually choose and make the decision to believe that these promises are true for God's people. You're listening to the Burt Not Ernie Show, part of the Spark Network, now playing in the Edify app. This is episode number 144. All right, hot topics. I have to admit, when the Lord kind of put this idea on, you know, kind of dropped it in my mind, put it on my heart, I was a little bit hesitant. I mean, when God asked you to speak about something that's like, oh, this seems like, uh, this is big. I I don't know. Am I, am I equipped for this? Well, no, I'm not. But the Holy Spirit is and the Word of God is clear. And so even though it feels awfully big to address the proverbial elephant in the room, I'm going to do it because I just want to be an obedient daughter of the king in the room of Jesus followers, which is really what we are, right? Where I'm I'm talking to people who know the Lord in a room of Jesus followers. I guess it just feels extra big, the the elephant in the room. It feels giant, but I'm going to jump right in and I hope that you'll jump right in with me and just be willing to Maybe not hear my words, because that's really pretty irrelevant, but hear what the Word of God has to say, and then make a decision to believe, even even when it maybe seems hard to believe some of these specific promises. So, you know, the first hot topic promise that we're going to look at is the promise of power. The promise of power. Okay, it may seem like, well, that's not hard to believe, but okay, well, I'm going to challenge you a little bit on it, because... Saying we believe and then living as if we don't believe is often what we do. And yes, I'm speaking about myself first and foremost. So when I say we, don't hear me saying you, hear me saying me above all else. Okay, so the reason it's a hot topic is it's just, it's for the reason that I just said, we don't live with much of any power from the Lord in our lives, like on a continual basis. We just, if we're honest, we can admit that, right? I'm willing to admit it. I hope you're willing to admit it too so that we can kind of debunk the lies that the enemy has gotten us to believe and move forward in a new level of faith and trust in our God. We can we can fairly 
and it is fair to lay the blame here. We can fairly lay the blame for our semi-powerless Christian lives um, at someone's feet, but it's not Jesus's. You know what I mean? It's not the Lord's feet. We can, we can say with a lot of transparency and honesty that the devil is really, really good at duping us into thinking that either A, we are, we are living in the power that Jesus promised us. You are, you are, I am, I am. We're living in the power. Sometimes the devil dupes us into thinking that we're living like all in with Jesus in his power when we're maybe really not, or B, we don't even know what that ought to look like in our daily life. What does that, what does that mean? Living in the power of, of the Lord, of the Holy Spirit, like the, what Jesus promised us power. What are you talking about? Or, you know, and we, and honestly, we may not even pray or ask for it because we don't know what it really is. C, it never really comes to mind at all. And C might actually be where most of us dwell most of the time. We never really think about whether or not we're living with the power that God promised in and through us, making an impact on our lives. Yeah, when you bump up against something really huge, sure, then you're praying, then you're seeking him. Of course, of course we do. And we should, that's right. However, even in those moments, sometimes we're not asking for his power to be made evident in us and through us. We might ask for things like healing, deliverance, you know, bring the prodigal home, those kinds of things, but we may not ever ask for the power that Jesus promised. And I promise I'm going to reference some verses, you know I will, that directly clarify Jesus telling us we will have power uh, so you don't think it's just like, what is she even talking about? That's not even a thing. It's a thing because Jesus said it's a thing. I promise I'm going to back it up from the word of God. So uh, let's get on with that, right? Let me read you a verse from the book of Acts. So we have the New Testament church, like the first century church. This is the beginning of what we now dwell in. This is the beginning of like literally what what has has paid it forward to all of us now as Christians thousands of years later. So Acts chapter 1 verse 8. I'm going to read this from the Amplified and it says, "But you will receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses to tell people about me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. Okay, a couple things to hit on there. There's that word will. And when Jesus is talking, and these are words in red, this is a direct quote. This is Jesus in Acts chapter 1. So he had, this is him speaking after his death, burial, and resurrection, but before he ascended to heaven, and in between time when he was on the earth still, before he ascended to the Father. He said this, and I expect that he meant exactly what he said. We've got will in there two times. You will receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Guess what, guys? The good news is this is not our individual power and ability. We don't have to muster our strength or work ourselves up or pull ourselves up by our bootstraps or do things like John Wayne. We don't have to do that. Thank the Lord. Isn't that a relief? The pressure is off in that regard. You don't have to come up with your own ability. No, you're going to receive it. All you have to do is receive it, and you will receive it when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And the second will, Jesus said, you will be my witnesses to tell people about me. And he addresses them right where they're at, because that's how he is, very personal, right where they're at, Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, a little bit tougher for them because there's a history with Samaria, right? 
and even to the ends of the earth. Well, that's us, the ends of the earth. It goes ever outer, you know, stretching outward as greater and greater circles as it spreads out around the world, right? Like the, the pebble that lands in the water and it makes the big ripples. We're the even to the ends of the earth crowd, right? So that's what the power is for. It's not to have our own way. It's not to be awesome. It's not to throw down on all those people who are out there being devil worshipers. It's to tell people about him, to be his witnesses. Two wills. You will receive power and you will be my witnesses. Okay, we got that. He did not misspeak. Jesus did not misspeak. That is just not a possibility with the Lord. So we know what Jesus said and we know that he meant it. What comes next? What do we do with that? What comes next? For us to live in a state of belief that this is a promise for us and that he's going to keep his promise to us, in us, and through us. That's what comes next. We have to make a decision to believe it. Now we we know what the word of God says. We've read it or we've heard it read. uh, And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So our faith should be growing as we hear what God's word says. Now what comes next is we have to live in that state of belief. We have to make the decision. Do I believe this? that I'll receive power from the Holy Spirit and ability? Do I believe that I can tell people about him right here where I'm at? And even much broader now than ever before in the history of the world with, with all the social medias and the, and the internet, you know, you have a device in your hand that you're probably listening to this podcast on that makes it easier for you to do what Jesus said here in Acts 1, 8 than ever, ever before. So we have to choose to believe. That's what comes next. This is a promise. He's going to keep it in us, through us, and to us. Okay, so you do need to know Jesus as Lord and Savior for this promise to be your promise. Obviously, right? But some people, to some people, that's not obvious. Look, when I was uh, in my, when I was 20 years old is when I when God saved me, that's when I got saved. Like, I don't, not like I actually did the saving. Like I got saved. I got snatched out. He did that for me. He rescued me from death and hell and a miserable life that just was miserable is the best way to describe it. I love my husband. I love my, my newborn son. Uh, he was about, well, he was a little more than newborn. He was about four months old when I got saved. But listen, I, other than that, like it was, it was misery. I was not saved. And he did save me. I got saved at 20. So I had to make a decision for Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. And then all the promises became my promises. So um, it's not obvious. It wasn't obvious to me that I needed a Savior. The Lord was so gracious in letting me know in my heart and in my mind that there was a solution to all the angst that I was feeling. And if that's you, Can I just say, Jesus is the solution for all the angst that you are feeling. It does not mean that accepting Jesus makes your life all sunshine and roses. I actually am kind of allergic to the, when I have roses in the house, I sneeze like crazy. So sunshine and something that you're not allergic to, right? Let me rephrase that. But I will tell you, it gives you new life. The old you is dead. There are things I can point to and say, that person is dead and gone. If you knew me in high school, I'm sorry, I don't know that person anymore. She is dead and buried. She's gone. So if all of that to say, I know this seems like an aside, but it's so important. If you are listening today and you're like, well, I don't know Jesus is my Lord and Savior for sure. Man, I'm going to tell you what, you can email me. It's just my name, J-A-N, middle initial L, 
Bert, B-U-R-T, at Outlook.com, and I will talk to you about whatever your questions are about how to actually make Jesus Lord and Savior. What does that actually mean? What does that look like? What comes next? What are the next steps? I would love to talk you through that, to walk you through that, because uh, I'm so thankful that I heard people speaking into my life in ways that I didn't even know I needed. And uh, I just want to, I just want to be about my father's business. So if I can help somebody come to know Jesus a little bit better or for the first time, there's no greater way for me to say thank you to the Lord for the change he made in my life than to try to just encourage other people. So all of that to say, Jesus needs to be your Lord and Savior for this promise to be your promise, but he can be your Lord and Savior right now, this very moment. You just pray. Just pray. Invite him into your heart. Take over the throne of my heart. You're the Lord of my life. I repent of my sins. Forgive me. And then, of course, um, get baptized if you're not baptized yet, because that is something that we do is like it's a it's a public declaration of our following Jesus. It doesn't save us, but it is so, so important that if possible, we are baptized. And I think when you yield your life to him, when you repent and you receive his forgiveness and the gift of eternal life with him, and it is a gift, and then you obey him, that, you know, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible teaches us. You are sealed then with the Holy Spirit. You can't be snatched out of his hand, Jesus said. No one can snatch them out of my hand. That's pretty, that's biblical right there. We can stand on that as the truth, straight from the word of God. In the book of Acts, after Jesus ascended to the Father, then the disciples and the other believers, the men and women both, they gathered in the upper room. And when they were there, they were praying and they were waiting for the Holy Spirit because that's what Jesus had told them to do. You go and you you pray, you wait until the Holy Spirit you know, falls on you, basically. Then this, And that's when the Spirit came in. They were praying. They were worshiping. They were gathered together. They were obeying what he had told them to do. Then the Spirit came in, and it was like a rushing wind, the book of Acts says, and they had flames of fire, like tongues of fire, atop their heads. They all received the Holy Spirit. They were able to speak in different languages. A huge number, like thousands of people, came to the Lord as a direct result of them being able to communicate with those people supernaturally in their language, because it was at a time of year when there were people of all different creeds and races and ethnicities in Jerusalem at that time. So this is actually what happened. And in other places in the book of Acts, we see the apostles praying that new believers would receive the Holy Spirit. So I think we have, I guess, a biblical foundation that you could for sure go to your pastor and ask him if he would, if he would pray for you to receive the Holy Spirit. I don't see in my Bible how that would be a wrong thing to do. Uh, You probably can pray it for yourself. I mean, uh, we see the leadership of the church in Acts praying it for other people. Uh, We see in the upper room that they were praying and then the Holy Spirit descended on them. So I think just um, pray for it one way or another. It's the way the first century church did things, you know, and it's always wise to look at those and say, have I, am I missing, am I personally missing the mark? Where am I, you know, if I miss it by a a mile or or a centimeter, it doesn't matter. I want to be doing things the way the Lord wants them done because it's his church. It's his church and I am part of his church. And so, yeah, I want to be in line with his will and his ways for his body, the body of Christ. Because the promise here is that we will receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. And so praying for that, I don't see biblically how that can be wrong. 
Now, you might be thinking that this was only for that select group of people at that specific time. And I want to share a verse from John chapter 14, verse 16, John 14, 16. I'm going to stick with the Amplified for the sake of continuity. And here's what it says. And these are the very words of Jesus. And in this portion of scripture, he had a lot to say in John 14, 15, and 16 to his disciples, but also to all who would believe on his name later on. And that's me and you, right? So John 14, 16 says... And I, this is Jesus. Jesus said, and I will ask the father and he will give you another helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby to be with you forever. I love it in the Amplified. It gives us that list of extra like things that we can, we can expect from the Holy Spirit, from to help us, comfort us, advocate for us, intercede for us, counsel us, strengthen us and stand by. Like he's not moving. He's, he's, indwelling us. He's with to be with you forever. Okay. I will ask the father and he will give you. All right. We can all have the Holy Spirit and the power and the ability to do what the Lord has called his followers, his disciples to do, which is to witness about him. We can all have that. I think that's pretty much decided. I think we can all agree on that. And look, if we're not actually living in that power and ability, I don't think that the disconnect is on the end of Jesus. I don't think God the Father decided, yeah, well, we're not going to do that anymore. No more Holy Spirit power for these you know, believers living in, in 2023. No, absolutely not. Satan is lying to us, or we're walking in disbelief, or we're not really paying it much mind or giving it much thought or attention, or we just... You know, we've just been duped with the lies of the devil, and he is a liar. It's his native tongue. He can't do anything but lie. Let's always try to, you know, kind of, I guess, prove the Bible by the Bible when we possibly can. Like, when you find verses that explain other portions of the Word of God, that's like proving the Bible by the Bible. There's nothing wrong with saying, Acts says this. Do I find this anywhere else? Yes, I found it. this over here, this complimentary verse over here in John. Okay, I have more understanding of what the will of the Lord is, of what this actually looks like. That's a good thing to do. That's Bible study, really, isn't it? Studying your Bible to learn and grow, to be changed, so that you can be a better child of God. Like by better, I mean like more yielded to him. We don't make ourselves better, but as we yield to him, boy, does he ever make us better. Yes, he does. So that's what John 14, 16 does with Acts 1, 8. Jesus has asked the father to give you the helper, the Holy Spirit. And I don't think that you are the exception. You are not the one single child of God who's going to get left out of this whole thing. That's really not how our God works. And I'm so thankful for that. This really is your promise. And we really do want to maximize this one in our lives. We ought to want to maximize it. I hope we want to maximize it. Like, let's get the max out of this that we possibly can. I mean, think about who's going to benefit once the people of God are all living in a state of Holy Spirit power. Who will benefit? Well, I don't know. You might, for sure. Your family your local church, and then the global church, your neighbors, your co-workers, your extended family, your community, your city, your state, the nation, the world, the people you interact with on online and social, in the, all the social medias, like this impacts so many people, your circumstances, your circumstances. Well, how can your circumstances really totally get the best of you when you're living in those circumstances, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, literally changes everything. The same power 
that raised Jesus from the grave dwells in you. That is straight from Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus, Ephesians 1, 19-20. The very same power that raised Jesus from the grave dwells in you. Wow. Okay, okay, that's a hot topic promise from the Bible for sure. I think you can see why this is what, I, what, I've, uh, what I'm calling a hot topic. Because this is like, wait, that same power? We're getting into territory that's like, oh, I don't. It raised Jesus from the dead, that power, and now it dwells in me. I don't think I'm living with that kind of power in my life. Right. That's why it's a hot topic. How many of us actually are, if we're honest? I mean, how do you like them apples? That's the promise. That's the promise. I don't want us to miss it. Jesus doesn't want us to miss it. This is what he was talking about in Acts 1 verse 8. A dead man raised up out of the grave kind of power. There is no comparable power in the world. Nothing comes close to that in the entire universe. It is God's intention that this power, that this power would dwell in us and that it would make an impact on us and on the world around us. Whether that world is people that know the Lord or people that do not, it should make an impact in both arenas. I should live expecting that what the Lord has promised is going to be my reality. If it's God's intention, it should be my expectation. His intention should be our expectation. So let's live expecting that what he's promised is going to be reality for us. Yeah, it's a hot topic for sure. Maybe, maybe the whole reason that this is tricky for us is mostly due to the fact that we just, we're not really living in his power for the most part. Honestly, we're sort of lulled to sleep. We're sort of just like lulled to sleep in a spiritual sense by the norms of life, the stresses, the distractions of our lives, and the times in which we live. It's almost automatic for us to be lulled in some way. You don't even have to work at it. You could just sort of drift into a lull. Just keep scrolling. Just open that app on your phone. Keep scrolling. Keep flipping through the channels. Maybe there'll be something on that'll entertain you till you fall asleep tonight. Keep working on that next project. Uh, yeah, I got I got goals in life, right? Okay, so I'm 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 gonna push. I'm gonna mash all the buttons here on this today. You might be in the scroll thing. You might be a person that's like I don't even I don't even get on social media on my phone. You know, I check Facebook maybe twice a month. That's not my problem. Okay. I don't watch TV. That's not my thing. Okay. All right. So are you, maybe you view that as like, uh, are you, are you, those people are kind of lazy and uh, wasting their life. I'm doing things right. So in your list of doing things, you might be working on your next project, pushing on toward that next goal in life. That also can be lulling you to sleep spiritually, and it can be worse because if you're just doing the endless, mindless scroll on TikTok, you know you're in, uh, you know, like it in a in a in a place of like uh, you can be woken up out of that because you already know. I know, I know, I'm kind of in a lull. I know I'm not making the best use of my time. I know you can know that and be changed. However. When you're working on things and you got these good goals, it's my health over here and it's this, this project over there. And you know what? You can, you can also be lulled to sleep spiritually, but you're not going to be awakened out of your slumber as easily because you're doing things that seem good. They're not lazy. I'm very active. I'm focused. I'm driven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what? When that happens, we're not given a lot of thought to the power of the Holy Spirit within us. We're just not. 
We're just not. Because when we're working on goals that we can achieve, that we can achieve, even with work, we can achieve them. We don't have to depend on the Holy Spirit's power because even if it takes some work, we can get it done. We need to have some things in our life that only the Holy Spirit can do through us so that we stay humble and we stay dependent on the power of our God. It seems like a win for the enemy when we're not giving thought to the power that we ought to be living in per the Holy Spirit within us. It seems like a win for that dirty dog, the devil. I don't know about you, but I am just so sick and tired of the devil getting W's, his W column, his win column. I just want him to have no further tick marks, no more tallying up wins for the devil. That would be so great. When we live in the power and ability, as the Amplified says, the power and the ability of the Holy Spirit, all we do is win for Jesus' sake. And all those tallies for the devil, they end up in the L column. They're losses for the evil one. I want more L's on his ledger right now at this point in time. That doesn't mean I get everything I want, but that's not what wins look like in the kingdom of God. It means Jesus is exalted and glorified. How great would that be? That's what really gets the devil's goat. That's what really chaps his hide. When Jesus, when God the Father is exalted, 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 because we've relied on the power of the Holy Spirit, yeah, that's a win for us who are in the kingdom of God, who make up the body of Christ, who are the church, and it's a loss for the devil. For that to be true, you and I have got to get back in the game. We cannot be bystanders. We cannot be spectators. We must be victors through Christ Jesus for there to be actual victories or wins. More than conquerors in Christ. That's what we are, according to Romans. We've got big promises, my friends. Like, let's start living them out. You know, in the Old Testament, when the Israelites finally, finally were ready to cross the Jordan River after 40 long years, and they were 40 long years, four decades of wandering in the desert, those men who were assigned to carry God's Ark of the Covenant, they had to put their feet into the Jordan River. They had to put their feet into the water. Okay, it was at flood stage. So, you know, think of a river kind of overflowing its banks. That's what that's what the Jordan was like at that point in time. When they did that out of obedience to the Lord, then the water stopped flowing. And the Bible says it heaped up in a pile all the way back to a town called Adam. They had to get their feet wet. They had to get their feet wet. And then the promised miracle happened. Sometimes we just haven't gotten our feet wet. We're angry at God because he hasn't moved us forward. He's not keeping his promises. And if we're honest, we're angry. We're irritated. We're upset about this. But our car, it's in the garage. It's in park. The emergency brake has been pulled. The keys are out of the ignition. The doors are locked. The garage door is down. We're inside the house in a whole nother room. Is that a drivable car? You know, you already know the saying, God doesn't drive parked cars. Well, it can certainly be true, can't it? Like, you may have to get your feet wet. Get back in the game. Yield to the Lord on this. Say, all right, I'm all in. I'm all in with you. Let's do this thing. What do you want to do in and through me? He may be calling you to step out in faith. And if he is, then just obey him and then see what he does next. God wants us to live knowing that he's going to keep every single promise. You cannot convince me otherwise. He is also bringing us to a place of maturity. At the same time, that he wants us to live believing every single promise. He is bringing us to a place of maturity and he wants us to understand that. He is making us more like his son, Jesus. That's sanctification. 
You don't want your children to be 35 years old and acting like they're two. You don't want that. I don't know. I'm not potty trained yet. Can you help me wipe? I mean, think about like what the ramifications would be of that. That's like God doesn't want that either. Our good father does not want that. He's our father. He wants us to mature and be like his son, Jesus. Step out in faith if that's what he's asking you to do. And and know that the promise that he has made in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it's going to prove true. Believe it. Believe it. It's going to be true. So believe it. Expect to have power and ability in your life. Be a witness for the Lord. Be part of the reach that Jesus talked about in this verse, that even to the ends of the earth, be part of that. Be part of it. This, this power is not about us, really. It's about honoring our God and bringing him glory and reaching people for him because he loves them. John three sixteen for God so loved the world, so loved, so loved, not kind of love, not little, so loved. You know the verse as well as I do. Let's love well. Let's be so loved kind of people who love so well. And, you know, we do that when we love others, not when we love ourselves. We don't love well by loving ourselves. If we're honest, we can admit that. Self-care is usually like not really focused on others because it's self-care, right? Like we love best when we love like Jesus and we love others well. I kind of reiterated that a bit strongly because it really does matter quite a bit. Love others well. Acts 17 verse 6 in the ESV says this, And when they could not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city authorities, shouting, These men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. Okay, so obviously I'm just sharing like, it's like jumping in the middle of a story. Like, boom, it's kind of like hopping in the middle of a movie. What I shared of that verse there, you're like, who's Jason? What is this referencing? What are you talking about? It's, uh, you know, you bounced in at a super critical and exciting part. These believers, they had been making some waves. And I got to say, anybody who ever makes a real difference in this world, probably especially a good kind of a difference in this world, makes waves. That's just the reality. The wave makers really are the change agents. It's just the way things are. Okay, so they had made an impact. They'd made some waves. They'd influenced some people, disrupted the status quo. The status quo has changed, son. Yeah, that's my movie quote for this episode. Bonus points if you know what movie that's from. The status quo has changed, son. These men had turned the world upside down. Uh, there are far worse things that could be said about us than that we turned the world upside down in the name of Jesus, by loving well, by, by witnessing about him in his power and his ability, by living with the power of the Holy Spirit in us. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the grave. I'd be honored to turn my little tiny corner of the world upside down for Jesus's name and for the kingdom of God. That's an honor. That's the kind of life that makes a difference for other people and honors the Lord. That's a life worth living. But we cannot do that in our own might. In my own might, if I'm honest, it's basically nil. I don't have much might. Thank you, Jesus, that it's all you and not me. We need the power that comes from the Holy Spirit, and then we can do great exploits for our King. This promise is for you today. It really is. And I hope that you can walk in the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit, because he wants to pour out into your life his power. He wants to see people's lives changed. God actually wants to be glorified.
through you and in you. My prayer for you today is that you will receive power and ability from the spirit of the living God who indwells you and that you will put the key of your life into the ignition, turn it over, get that engine started and revving up and simply ask, where are we going today, Lord? Because I'm all in. Lord bless you today. And uh, you know, if this episode encouraged you, I would be really thankful and blessed if you would just share it and we can just spread more and more. This is how I do my part of Acts 1-8, even to all the nations of the world sharing about Jesus. And if you share it, that just would be a blessing that hopefully will glorify and honor the Lord. So thank you so much for your shares and reviews and encouragement. I appreciate it so much. Thank you for listening. And I hope to see you back here next time. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. It's an honor and a blessing to talk about God's promises with you. Have a fabulous day. And remember, part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Lord bless. I'll see you next time.